Hello, and welcome to another new episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. It is episode 94, day 277 here in the Zen Room. My name is Patrick Finn, and I'd like to welcome back the lugubrious Tommy Gibbons. Hi, bitches. And welcome back, Thomas. 94 is scary. 94 episodes, right? Yeah. Amazing. There should be some sort of, like, Purple Heart Award for me. And not only that, we've had over 6,000 downloads now. Yeah, that's the scary part. People actually enjoy listening to you and me. Go figure. Yeah, I don't even enjoy listening to you and me. <laughs> Thanks a lot, fuckhead. So, yeah, well. <laughs> so, let's go back. Okay. The first week I was on here, that was the part two episode. Yes. I don't like that. What do you mean you don't like that? There was no Hey Bitches just to open the episode. No, there wasn't, because it was the, we started from the middle of the episode yeah, recording. I don't, I don't like that. Oh, I'm so sorry. So Nothing we can do about to, that. You may just have to loop my voice okay. for those occasions. Because you did do an intro. <laughs> well, I just an intro saying, welcome back to part two. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you did notice I stopped Stephen from saying bye, bitches, at the end of the episode. I, I didn't, but... That I was, was last week's episode, actually. Oh. When Stephen was co-hosting. Okay. Oh, that was the one with Thaddeus. Yes. Okay. Thought th thoughts on Thaddeus. That's not easy to say. No, it's not. Adorable. <laughs> yes, he is. Absolutely adorable. Riding the fence between frat boy and twink is the way he sounds <laughs> to me. There was, there was so much that he had nothing to say for, and that's your fault. What do you mean? Like... Well, this one I was a little surprised at. He had absolutely nothing to say about meatloaf. Okay, well, of course, not his generation. Okay, okay. Well, this is what I'm saying. This okay. is your fault. You know who you're going to have with you. You're going to have your young Well, husband, he was also... Who's no help. He was also you. somewhat nervous. It was his first time I'm doing the podcast. That's why when I started doing the interviews, you know, the Get the Guest segment, he didn't know it, but then I started talking to him about his job as an EMT. The EMT, yeah, yeah. And that actually helped him relax more and talking more, and which he did talk more than through the rest of the episode. It's where he sounded most like a frat boy. Oh, okay. But it wasn't until I love Helen Mirren that I was like, oh, <laughs> hold on. There was just so much that he was not interested in. Okay, well, he's a different generation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, they don't. If they don't know about it. They're not going to say anything about it. Yeah, but you need somebody to 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 keep you in line. Oh, do I? Yeah, you do. I don't have anyone like that. No, well, not even Stephen. No, Stephen is no help to you in that regard at all. Stephen, but that's what we have, that's what we have you here Stephen for. Stephen is absolutely. He's like he feeds you. <laughs> oh, does he? Yeah, he thinks you're hilarious. Yeah, so, so that's so why we have need you on this podcast. Teddy did it. Teddy did a really good job. He's 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 too young for this. Too young? Yeah. He How so? He just any of the stuff you were talking about. He had no interest. He in had him. no. Well, he's twenty five years old. Yeah. I've got a good what. 35 years on the young man. So this is what I'm saying. He's too young for this. He's too young for you, Patrick. Well, I wasn't trying to make the moves on him. <laughs> really? Because it sounded a couple of times like Stephen was sitting on his lap. Well, Stephen's a different story. <laughs> so, yeah. So And then your play opened uh, this past weekend, didn't it? Uh, yeah. After a delayed opening due to that torrential rainstorm that hit Long Island. That was impressive rain. We drove through that in the morning. We left here around, I guess, around... 10 30 11 in the morning to go to um new high park Ew. and then back again it was a nightmare we saw a, a road crew pumping water off of the northern state parkway yeah. 
It was unbelievable. Yeah. I, would, so, I, yeah. Don't know, I don't know that I'd even get on the parkways in that kind of weather. It was probably the best way to drive because I was afraid of everyone with such a heavy rain and with traffic lights on the other roads. People are going to slide through this, you know, the traffic lights and the, stuff. The, the flooding was just... The fl yeah, the flooding was unbelievable. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, so that was a, that was a day. So, yeah, it opened late. Yeah, opened and it opened late. well, and it opened fine, and it's it's going well, and it's going to be fine. Fantastic. And that's at the Mammoth Studio Theater in, in Wellwood Avenue in it Lindenhurst. So, so you'll run until the 21st. The 21st. Right. Oh, okay, October 21st. Yeah. We'll be coming down to see it. No, good. Good. Yes. And also, I want to apologize to our viewers for not posting any bonus material on our episodes lately. But being that I was so involved in my own play in the production of Red, I just I barely had time to, to do the editing for the podcast. The last episode, I was up till quarter to five in the morning editing. Uh, that's why, you know, you need somebody who could do it all in one take. Yeah, but it was it was an arduous process. Because okay. I had a deposition that morning, and then I had the show that night, and I got home, and then had to start working. So that was a lot. But I promise there'll be more bonus material posted on the, on the website again. Okay? Somebody may care. <laughs> somebody may care. You never know. In the meantime, let's move on to our first segment. Yes, it's time for a little heavy petting. And believe it or not, I have no dog news story to report. Okay. Because all the dog news stories I could find would have made you very ha unhappy or sad or angry. So I didn't want to cover any of those stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I thought that was the wise decision to make. It's it's a, it's a good way to go. It's an excuse that's getting a little frayed. Well, it wasn't like I didn't search. I mean, last week we had a story on President Biden's dog. Yeah. So it's not yeah. like I haven't been looking. Yeah. But I guess right, we'll just move right into our Dictionary of Dogs, our canine compendium. And we are up to the letter L. Labrador Retriever. Nope. Lapso Apso. Nope. Why is it a Labrador Retriever? I don't know. Maybe I just went out of order, but this is the dog I have. It's a dog from Italy. I'll take, I can tell you that much. A uh, dog from Italy. Yes. There's, there's an Italian Greyhound, but that don't start with L. Uh, don't know. It is called the Lagato Romagnolo. Okay, Roman dog. Yeah, yeah, would you like to see a picture of sure. it? And here we go. Oh. That is the Legato Romagnolo. It looks like every poodle hybrid. It, it looks like a slightly larger poodle, right? Here's a different shot. Yeah, it, they, it, that looks like every poodle poodle combination. Right? Yeah. But uh, it originated in the marshlands in the eastern part of the Romagna region of Italy. That bitch is waterproof, I bet. The name of the, the dog derives from the term legato, which uh, there's two theories that the dog either got it from the name of the inhabitants of the local town of Lago Santo, or another theory uh, says that it comes instead from the uh, Romagnol word can la goat, which means water dog. Okay. So its traditional function was as a gun dog and specifically a water retriever. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So that would make sense then. But since the drainage of large areas of wetland uh, habitats in the region, the dog is now more often used to hunt for truffles. Truffles? Yes. Okay. I never knew truffle hunting was a thing for dogs, but I guess There's it something is. about the dogs. I think you can train the dogs not to eat them, but you can't train the pigs not to eat them. Yeah. Okay. That kind of makes sense. So you send a dog out to find it, and um, a pig will find it too, but the, but they'll eat it. Yeah. But the dog not necessarily won't. Yeah. 
Cool. If you tell him not to. Because you bring back a duck from the fucking water without puncturing it. Yeah, right? Yeah, they just know how to grip it and without so, damaging it. It's not surprising to figure that out. But yeah, that looked like a water dog, man. That's water never touched that dog's skin. Right. That coat is absolutely waterproof. Yeah. Well, its coat is it's a thick wool-like and tightly curled in the ringlets. It can be off-white or off-white with orange or brown patches or solid orange or brown either with or without white markings. They stand about uh, 16 to 18 inches tall and weigh between 30 and 35 pounds. And they have an average lifespan of 15 years. Yeah, he's a cutie. Yeah, he is a cute little that, boy. Look, that right? looks like Louis. That picture right there? Yeah, that's that's Louis's face. I can hear this. I'm just going, I can't even see his eyes. Oh my God. You can't see Louis's eyes. Well, yeah, either. you can't see Louis's eyes either, right? So that is our tribute to the Legato Romagnolo. All right. Wasn't that nice? That was wonderful. <laughs> I need enjoy that. It's time for now your favorite segment. Happy birthday. Many happy returns. A very happy birthday. Yes, it's time once again for today's birthdays. And we have two birthday celebrants today. One dead and one living. Uh, Give me... Dead. You want dead first. Okay, this one was born October 4th, 1822. And he became the 19th president of the United States. Garfield. Nope. He served. Jackson. Nope. He served from 1877 to 1881. He was born and raised in Ohio, and he later Fillmore. served. Nope. He later served in the state's House of Representatives, and then later as governor. What he state? Ohio. He assumed the presidency following the 1876 presidential election, which was one of the most contentious in U.S. history. Mick something McKinley. Nope. He had this witness. This president. He had lost a popular vote to the Democratic candidate Samuel Tilden of New York, and neither candidate secured enough electoral votes. So, according to the U.S. Constitution, if no candidate wins the Electoral College, the House of Representatives is tasked with selecting the new president. So the House, after much squabbling, they uh, came up with a congressional commission that was supposed to be composed of six Republicans, six Democrats, and one independent. And the one independent, for some reason or other, withdrew from the commission. And he was replaced by a Republican. So they replaced, they, the commission investigated all these allegations of fraud in like three or four of the states. And they ended up awarding the 20 electoral votes, unsurprisingly, to the Republican candidate, whose birthday it is today. Okay. So the Democrats, of course, raised hell about that. So in a backroom deal, they said that they would accede to this person's election if the federal troops withdrawn from the former Confederate states and that the federal government withdrew its support for Reconstruction. Oh. So that was the deal. So that's how this person became president. Wow. Yes. That's, 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 start off with your fist deep in there, right? Right. That's something else. Uh, who was it? He also became famous for using federal troops against striking railroad workers across the nation during the Great Railroad Strike of 1877. And he also became famous for appointing two Supreme Court justices, one of whom was John Marshall Harland, called the Great Dissenter, known for his dissents on cases that restricted civil liberties. All right, I'm going to take one last guess. And one say, last guess. Uh, Millard Fillmore. No, nope, you said him before. Did I say him before? Yes, you did. Okay, uh, I'm going with him again. Oh, well, you're still wrong. Okay. It is Rutherford Hayes. Rutherford B. Hayes. Yes. 
Okay. So thanks to him, that's why the nation's political landscape is partly what it is. His fault. Well, his and the Republican Party, and they're uh, making a backroom deal to Democrats. Claims of fraud. Because, you know, once they pulled up the federal troops, they couldn't enforce Reconstruction. The states were able to suppress black people's black rights votes. and their voting rights. Right, 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 right. So. A charming fellow. Right. Sure. At parties. <laughs> with his wife. <laughs> Uh, so to Rutherford Hayes, we say... Happy birthday, President Hayes. Did he have a wife? He had to have a wife. I'm sure he did. I didn't really keep track of any of that. Our next birthday celebrant is alive. Okay. He is 85 years old. Okay. He was born in Texas, earned a degree in journalism at Louisiana State University in 1960. After he graduated, he moved to New York City, where he worked at the publicity department of 20th Century Fox. He famously appeared in the 1970 film version of Gore Vidal's book, Myra Breckenridge. He also appeared frequently as a judge on the TV game show The Gong Show in the late 1970s. I know who this is. Who is it? Uh, keep going. I want to. Is it the guy who played Mike Brady? No. In Myra Breckenridge? Oh, you mean the person who transformed into Raquel Welch? Yes. Yes. Well, I'll tell you some more. He worked for numerous newspapers and magazines. For 13 years, he was an art critic for the New York Daily News, and for five years, was the film critic for the New York Post. On October 24th, 1974, he reviewed... Oh, this is the guy with the partner who died. The thumbs up and down. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. They were straight. This guy's gay? How do we know he's gay? This guy's gay. You didn't say that yet. Well, you didn't ask. He's he's gay. But anyway, on October 24th, 1974, he reviewed Frank Sinatra's performance at Madison Square Garden. He called him a Woolworth rhinestone. Ouch. And, and wrote that his public image is uglier than a first-degree burn. Ooh. His appearance is sloppier than Porky Pig. Mm -hmm. His manners are more appalling than a Subway Sandhogs, and his ego bigger than a Sahara. The desert, not the hotel in Las Vegas, although either comparison applies. All of which might be tolerable if he could still sing. Oh, <laughs> That's not all. Ouch. In 1986, after Marley Matten won the Academy Award for Best Actress for Children of a Lesser God, he wrote that Matlin won because of a, quote, pity vote, close quote, and that a deaf person playing a deaf character was not really acting. Which, coincidentally, in the one not, is exactly the opposite position than where we find ourselves today. Exactly. Total turnaround 50 years later. After Marissa Tomei won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in 1992 oh, for be careful here. her performance of My Cousin Vinny. My Cousin Vinny, I know it. This man said that she had not actually won the award, but that Jack Palance, the presenter, oh. had accidentally read the wrong name off the card he was reading, and the Academy stood by the mistake. All right. And then, in 2005, he reviewed a South Korean movie called Old Boy, and he wrote, What else can you expect from a nation weaned on kimchi, a mixture of raw garlic and cabbage buried underground until it rots, dug up from the grave, and then served in earthenware pots sold at the Seoul airport as souvenirs. Oh, wow. In 2017, reviewing the film The Shape of Water, he referred to people with disabilities as 
Defective Creatures. Oh, dear. In February of 2000, he was arrested after leaving a Tower Records in Manhattan with compact discs by Mel Torme, Peggy Lee, and Carmen McRae in his jacket pockets. Wow. He had just purchased two other CDs and said he had forgotten about the other three uh, three CDs. Well, that's easy to do. And he offered to pay them, but the store refused, and they initially charged him, but the charges were later dropped. And he currently lives in a two-bedroom apartment at the Dakota Apartment Building in New York City. Still haven't figured it out I yet, huh? I have no idea who the hell you're talking about. Rex Reed. Rex Reed is still alive? 85 years old today. He was catty. Yes, he was. He was famous for that. He was famously (laughs) catty. He was unbelievable. I'd love to put him and Truman Capote and Gore Vidal in a room together. Could you imagine? I don't think they've ever seen each other. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Wow. Talk about a cat fight. Rex Reed is still alive. Jesus 85 years old. Living at the Dakota. Yeah, amazing, right? Yeah. I had no idea until I was, you know, doing the research. I was like, son of a bitch. Son mm. of a bitch. So, to that catty old queen, uh, Rex Reed, we mm. say... Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Rex. Bitch. <laughs> we now move on to our next segment. Yes, it's time for Bring Out Your Dead. And this death, I'm. Well, do, I, do you know who famous died in the past week? You want to try that sentence again? In <laughs> I can try, but uh, I don't know if I'll be successful. I'm just trying to think, and I can't think of who died. Well, it's a woman. Who she died? She uh, died on September 29th of this year at the age of 90. Okay. She graduated from Stanford University in 1955, elected to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors oh, in Diane 1969. Feinstein. Diane Feinstein died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She served as the Fr- San Francisco Board of Supervisors' first female president in 1978, uh, during which time Harvey Milk and Mayor Moscone were assassinated. Is Moscone or Moscone? I I'm not sure. I've heard it both ways. I thought it's Moscone. Maybe it is Moscone. I'm having the kids say Moscone. But she then seceded uh, Moscone as mayor and became the first woman to serve in that position. And then she, uh, which, which she served until 1988. She was then first elected to the Senate in 1992 and was re-elected five times. In the 2012 election, she received 7.86 million votes the most popular vote received by any U.S. Senate candidate in history. Huh. That's impressive. That is impressive. She uh, authored the 1994 Federal Assault Weapons Ban, which unfortunately is no longer in effect. That expired. Right. She was also the first woman to chair the Senate Rules Committee and the Senate Intelligence Committee. She was only one of 14 senators who in 1996 voted against the Defense of Marriage Act, which tried to define marriage as for heterosexuals only, basically. And uh, in 2022, she was the lead Senate sponsor of the Respect for Marriage See, this is what I'm saying. It's, it's, I don't, the Defense of Marriage Act is offensive just by the word defense. Because they were defending marriage against homosexual intrusion on the institution of marriage. I remember. Right? So, but what I'm saying is it's so insulting. If you were to say, we want to keep the word marriage, you come up with something else. Which they did also. They said that also back then. But that's a whole lot. And then they had civil unions, but that was considered separate but unequal. Right. Well, that's what happens. I guess I suppose it's anything that you would come up with that would 
eventually offend somebody enough to go to the Supreme Court to say that's separate but unequal. Right. Okay. But anyway, she died of natural causes. And did she ever retire? No, she she served to the very end. She died in office. Although many people had said she should have retired earlier. Five years ago. But she... This is what she wanted. She kept on keeping on, you know? So she actually was lying in state today at San Francisco City Hall, and a funeral is going to be held on Thursday. And in the meantime, California Governor Gavin Newsom has appointed LaFonza Butler to fill the vacant Senate seat. Okay. Go on, LaFonza. Yep. So farewell to Diane Feinstein. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's a biggie. Right? It's a giant in the political sphere. Women's politics. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, yeah it's a real shame. Well, she had to die, Patrick. Oh, of course. She was 90 years old. Well, that's you what know? I'm saying. But it's still a, a shame. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a shame. She, she, was a, she was an ally to the queer community. Yes. Yeah, so uh, they die off, you got to make new ones. Yep. <laughs> so be nice. <laughs> we now move on to our next segment Today in History. And today in history, well, actually, this month is LGBT History Month. It's we had this discussion. I taught you the word, libidiqua. Le, excuse me. Today, October is libidiqua History Month. I thought that was June. That's libidiqua Pride Month. That's different. Okay. This month is designed to examine the historical contributions of Libidiqua people to our nation. Okay. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah I'm, all, I'm all for the Libidiqua history, but I, I think that maybe um, two months is a lot. Well, they... Yeah, it's kind of like the, like the person who has a, month, a birthday week, or like worse, a birthday month. It's my birthday week. No, bitch, you get a day which you really should have given up when you turned 22. <laughs> Because after that, it don't matter. Well, this whole idea originated in 1994 from a Missouri high school teacher named Rodney Wilson who believed the month should be dedicated to the celebration and teaching of gay and lesbian history. And, I'm not arguing. I'm saying let's they, concentrate all the gay into June. <laughs> Although we do... Well, they in, selected October because number one, school is in session. We do look And number sweaters. two, October 11th is coming out day. Okay. Uh, October 6th starts the Matthew Shepard week. Yes. So that's why they chose October as Ligbinaqua month. It just seems greedy to me to take two months. <laughs> you know, does, does, is there, a, is there, are there two uh, straight white Christian male cat groups? Why? Uh, days, days, days. Do they get two months? Christmas. Christmas. That's another month-long celebration. Oh, it, it feels like a month-long celebration. Earlier and earlier. Right? Jesus. But you know what? If you don't buy it early, you don't get the good stuff. Mm, yeah, whatever. That's why I stay out of the stores. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, this day in history on October 4th, 1971, a novel written in 1913 was finally published. Hold on. I have no idea. The author was E.M. Foster, and the novel was Morris, 
or as we Americans say, Maurice. Maurice. Which is a basically a sort of coming-of-age novel of a young man in uh, turn-of-the-century England who becomes aware of his homosexuality and what happens with him and various other people in the novel. And he ends up actually running away with his lover together. It was written in... It was written in 1913. But it was published in... E.M. Foster, he originally stated that he didn't want it published uh, until after his mother's death, but then he later stipulated Which that it not be published until after he died. Which is common sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, as to E.M. Foster, he was openly gay to his close friends, but not in the public, and he had a long-term relationship with a married policeman named Bob Buckingham. Okay. Bob Buckingham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bob fucking him. Buckingham. Fucking him. Buckingham. <laughs> Bob fucking him. And of course, the novel was later adapted into a film in 1987. Yeah, with what's his name? Um, Hugh Grant. This was like his second film. Yeah, Hugh Grant played the cute young guy. He played, well, he didn't play the lead character, Morris, but he played one of his Morris's lovers who decides to stay in the closet after he sees what happens when one of their associates is arrested for homosexual acts. And is sentenced to six months of hard labor. So he decides, I'm good. So he decides to stay in the closet, get married. Okay. Who is the old guy in that? That was Ben Kingsley. Yeah, he, plays, yeah. he plays a psychologist who tries to treat Morris for his condition. Right, but that's not who I thought it was. Okay. And then he advises Morris, he's you know, obviously can't be cured. He's like, maybe you should move to another country where homosexuality is not criminalized. And this took place in England. Yes, yeah, the novel takes place in England. Uh, earlier than 1913? Yes. I would say, like, turn of the century. Oscar Wilde. The book time, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so if you ever get a chance, check out the film. It's a good film. Yeah, I'm sick of coming-of-age stories. But Rupert Graves is so cute in that film. He plays Scudder, who's like the servant who falls in love with Morris. I'm thinking of falling... So cute I'm movie. thinking of falling down that trap one more time <laughs> to watch My Own Private Idaho. Oh, another good movie. I've never seen it. It's okay, except for the part where they delve into the Shakespeare. They start going into Henry V, I think. And it really was not necessary. I don't know why... He he decided. I mean, I know why he decided to do it, but... But here's the thing. As a, a picture came across my scrolling thing of, of Keanu Reeves okay. and River Phoenix from that movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big Keanu Reeves fan. Uh, yes. And I, I had no idea what they, what the, they were talking about. Okay. So I wikipedia the movie, and it turns out it was, it was based on Shakespeare. Yes. And it was originally written in that language, or closer to that language. Well, what it is, it's the premise of it is that he Keanu and River Phoenix are both hustlers. Right. And River Phoenix suffers from narcolepsy, which strikes at like any time. He'll just like suddenly fall asleep. But Keanu Reeves' character comes from a rich family. So he's like Prince Hal in Shakespeare. Right, right, right. But they hang out with this other group of like homeless people and other hustlers that are led by this one man who's like the Falstaff character, basically. Okay. There's only like one section where they actually engage in the Shakespearean dialogue. Well, the, originally the written the movie was written much more uh, leaning into the Shakespeare. Okay, this cuts back on it. And that, yeah, he they they asked the, the producers asked him or whatever he had to. They, somebody asked him to. He decided whatever it was. Yeah, to write it back, and that's what that's what that's what this is. It's a good movie, though. I, I would definitely watch that again. Yeah, I've never seen it. Keanu Reeves is just delicious in that movie. He just looks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and also today, October fourth, nineteen seventy four. Delicious. This movie opened, and here's a clip. What year? 
1974. Oh, that's, um, you those aren't my cha-cha heels. Those aren't the right kind. I told you cha-cha and you black ones. Nice girls don't wear cha-cha heels. Yeah, the mother ends up under the tree or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, hairspray. No, not hairspray. Trouble by John Waters. Well, yeah, that was. It was the follow-up to Pink Flamingos. That was definitely divine. Starring the, uh, the incomparable divine as Dawn Davenport. I actually found another cuff in the movie that I just thought oh, was very I, funny. I'd be so happy if you turn now. This is an No way, I'm straight. I mean, I like a lot of queers, but I don't think they're equipment. You know, I like women. But you could change. Queers are just better. I'd be so proud if you was a fag and had a nice beautician boyfriend. I'd never have to worry. There ain't nothing to worry about. I worry that you'll work in an office, have children, celebrate wedding anniversaries. The world of heterosexual is a sick and boring life. <laughs> Great line. Fight me. What do you mean, fight you? Yeah, yeah, like, defend the... Say she's wrong. Where's the lie? <laughs> anyway, just so happened that I found a, a review of the movie by Rex Reed, who wrote of the film, Where do these people come from? Where do they go when the sun goes down? Isn't there a law or something? <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Good movie. Good movie. And lastly on this day in history, I don't know if you remember this or not, but back in 1981 today, the uh, Royal Shakespeare Company's adaptation of Charles Dickens' The Life and Adventures of Nicholas Nickleby opened at the Plymouth Theater. I missed it. I actually watched on PBS. They showed the full production. Okay. Which is about eight hours long. See, I was like 13 and didn't give a flying fuck about the National Shakespearean. Well, I watched the whole thing. The way that um, when they presented it on Broadway, they present the first four hours, you get a break for dinner, and then you come back that evening for the second four hours. So wait, so now I'm really interested in how that Ray, was that the schedule every day? I don't know. I'm sure they. they can't I, have I'm sure it couldn't have been every day. day. Yeah, I'm sure they had to change it somehow. But on, um, but this is yeah. This was like one of the first shows that were like long shows like that. It became a big success. All right, and yeah. starred Roger Reeves as uh, Nicholas Nickleby. Nicholas Nickleby. He was so young back then, unfortunately dead now. Yeah, well, like Diane, like Diane Feinstein. Yes, yes, she's dead too. She was gonna die. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm just thinking, it's like proven at birth. You're going to die. <laughs> In the meantime, here, suck on this. I mean, <laughs> go ahead. We now move on to our next segment. What day is it? Could you play tell me? What day is it? I'm confused, you say. Yes, it's time for what day is it? The day of the rubber duck. Nope. National uh, Day of... Uh, uh, do, do, uh, um, National Day of Friendship. 
Nope. Uh, Space Day. <laughs> no. First of all, today is National Vodka Day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you'd like that day. Yes. Well, being you're a former bartender here, I have some cocktails. Let me see if you can tell us all the ingredients. Oh, They're all vodka-related cocktails. Probably not. I mean, I worked at a gay bar. Well, in a lesbian-owned gay bar. Well, let's hear it. I'm sure that you can get most of these. A what? lot of Bud Light. <laughs> so what goes in a Bloody Mary? Uh, that's vodka and blood. Bloody Mary, make tomato juice, Worcestershire sauce, pepper, whatever, however far you want to go. <laughs> what goes in a screwdriver? Orange juice. How about sex on the beach? Peach schnapps and cranberry juice? I don't know. You're the bartender. Oh, you don't have the... You, oh, oh, so <laughs> I'm not being really tested because there are no... You don't have the correct answers available. No, I just figured you would know because you're a bartender. No, no, no. <laughs> How about a Moscow Mule? Uh, no idea. Uh, oh, it sounds like tequila. <laughs> I got no idea. Oh, my, like teque tequila and vodka and... Let's look that one up. A Moscow Mule. Sounds like a shoe. It is made with vodka, ginger beer, and lime juice. Garnished with a slice of lime and a sprig of mint. Okay. <laughs> it's sometimes called a vodka buck. Okay. Whatever. And what goes in a white Russian? Uh, uh, milk cream and vodka and uh, what do I want to say, Kahlua? Yep. How about a black Russian? Take out the milk. And lastly, a vodka martini. Well, any martini. <laughs> See, this annoys me. This is part of the like linguistic annoyances that 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 happen. Mm -hmm. Like a martini is gin and vermouth. Okay. Okay. So, okay, you're making a vodka martini, and which I assume is vodka and vermouth. It should be vodka and vermouth. Drive remove. Okay. Okay. And the joke, as it appears in, like, for instance, Maine, <laughs> okay, where the eight-year-old boy sits down and mixes him a drink. He, the banker comes. The banker who's responsible for the eight-year-old boy comes into the house, and the boy welcomes him, sit him down, and goes to the bar and says, can I get you a drink? And the guy says, I think it's a little early. And the kid says, just like Uncle What's-His-Name says, it's always the... Uh, the uh, the, the sun is always just below the yard arms somewhere. Okay, it's, it's the sailing reference. And he pours him the drink, and he puts. You see, he takes the the gin, and he pours a huge gin, and then he covers it okay. and takes the vermouth and waves the bottle of vermouth over the the mixer. Yeah. Okay, and puts it down and shakes, and then pours the guy a bit pretty much frozen gin, and that's that's. Uh, what a martini is. That would okay. be a very dry martini. Sounds Gin and vermouth. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, vodka martini is supposed to be vodka and vermouth, you would think. Okay, but it's not. I don't know if it's not. I You've mean, never served one? No, of course, but that's where, that's the way I would make it. Okay. You want cranberry juice and that all of a sudden it becomes a cosmopolitan. Then it's something else. Yeah, I was going to say, then it's something else then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's one of those things. It's like, that's not what it is. Yeah. It's not a martini. It's yeah. just something called that because it's served in a martini glass. Yeah. Which are annoying. You don't like martini glasses? I love I, lo I love martini glasses. Okay. It's just that I have to do it from a distance. Remember, I'm a dropper and a spiller and a break. I'm a little Yes, fancy. what am I thinking? So anything that's like that delicate is probably better off in somebody else's but I love like I like the shape of it I love the way the drink looks I like it with the olive on the, on yes. the toothpick oh, it's a very classy looking yeah, drink yeah 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 it's got great aesthetic value but uh, I, I'm gonna break it <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm gonna break it <laughs> or I, well for sure I'm gonna spill out of it 
Yeah. I'm absolutely going to spill out of it. So, anyway, <clears throat> what was today? Vodka Day? Is that National right? Vodka Day. But it's not only National Vodka Day. It is also National Taco Day. Oh. Did you know that tacos originated with the native people living in the lake region of the Valley of Mexico? And they ate tacos filled with fish. Huh. Although the at the time of the Spanish conquistadors, which was like the 1500s, late 1400s, I remember they documented the first taco feast enjoyed by Europeans. And the word taco, they believe, originates from some word called say, it says ataco, which means stuffing or to stuff. Okay, ataco, bitches. You, you. I assume you like tacos. I right? am a big taco fan. As a matter of fact. Um, I was trying to make the taco emoji. Okay. Like the symbol of awesome. Like the, like, like that would be what awesome means. If yes. You send that the, the taco, it means awesome. Uh, nobody else hooked on to that, though. So it was a vain attempt. But I do. I am a ta- I'm a taco fan. Hard tacos, soft tacos. <laughs> I, you know what? I've never had fish taco. No, neither have I. And it's funny that it's the original taco. Right. It was a fish taco. Go figure. I, I ain't figuring nothing. I'm, just, uh, <laughs> I'm a fan of the taco. As are we. Yeah. And last but not least, it is also National Cinnamon Bun Day. Cinnamon. Okay. You don't enjoy cinnamon buns? I do buns? enjoy cinnamon buns. I do. How could you not enjoy that? I, it's it's almost a little too cakey. Okay. Well, it depends where you get them, too I ready, guess. Too cakey. Okay. I like, I like, you know, the sugar and cinnamon and the, you know, the, 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 the white sticky sauce, whatever it is, the icing. Yes. That's all yummy and delicious. But sometimes there's just too much bland uh, cake underneath. Too much dough. Dough, dough, too good. much dough. Dough, let them. I feel the out. same way about bagels nowadays. You make these huge doughy bagels now. It's like I, I think don't... it's about salting the water. They they have to sit. The dough has to sit in salted water overnight or x amount of time. Yeah, or whatever. And uh, it's a it's a step that people skip. Yeah. And when you bake that dough, it becomes big and puffy. Yes, it does. Because it's dough. Because it's dough. But despite all that, despite all the sugar in it, cinnamon buns are actually good for you because the cinnamon is filled with basically antioxidants. So it can help fight infections. It also uh, can reduce the risk of heart disease by lowering your blood pressure and triglycerides and bad cholesterol. Okay. So don't feel guilty about eating a cinnamon bun. I, I don't eat many cinnamon buns. No? No. Too doughy. Too doughy. You yeah. could cut some of the dough off, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the meantime, I could get a black and white cookie. Yes. Which I am a huge fan of. See, I used to, but they kind of, they're bland to me now. Well, it's because you, all of your taste buds have died or committed suicide <laughs> or been drowned. No, no, no. That's definitely not true. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, I don't like black and white cookies anymore. They're all just very, it's just like eating a sugar cookie now. You know? There's no flavor except sugar. It's delicious. <laughs> Eat the white part now, save the black part for later. <laughs> Okay, I'll give you the black part. You can have the white part. You know, yeah, it's it's a it's yeah, it's a community cookie. It's a community cookie. Yeah. Okay, easy to divide. <laughs> you try dividing a chips ahoy. I would never try to do that. Mm. We now move on to our next segment, wherein we take a look into my briefs. <laughs> And this week, of course, we had the first Monday in October. Do you know what that means? That is the 
the, the Supreme Court coming back to work. Exactly. Convened back in session this week. Bloody Monday, what's it called? Red Monday? Well, first the first Monday of October. That's the Supreme Court return, comes back in the session. I thought it had a name. No, not that I'm aware of, just that. Okay. But yeah, it seems uh, we no, nothing big has been decided yet, of course, because now they're just starting to hear oral arguments on the cases they've selected this year for their calendar. They don't, and they don't, we shouldn't expect responses before like June. Well, in some cases, depending on the cases, they can make decisions earlier. Yeah. But usually some of the more complex and controversial cases take much longer to decide. Unfortunately, it's at their discretion. Because, and not only that, because the justices will exchange opinions. Right. Or, you know, drafts. Justices can change their minds. Right. So that's why they take a little longer on some of the more complex and controversial right, so cases. Ahead. What are you talking about? Well, anyway, the, coming up will be a case deciding whether domestic violence abuse, committers of domestic violence are entitled to oh, their second amendment a right to bear uh, to bear firearms. Yeah. And all the people who are saying that the, the problem is not guns, it's mental health, are saying, uh, no, this guy deserves his gun. So, he, clearly we have a mental health issue. Well, that goes without saying. Okay. So, we're going to not let him have a gun because he has a mental health issue and you said it's not the guns aren't the problem it's the mental health issue so we're gonna yeah he got an issue we're gonna have to deal with but in the meantime but i don't think this court's gonna buy that no argument. of course they're not gonna buy that but that's i mean are they gonna like stretch the second amendment right to the limits of absurdity where now a domestic abuser can happy can lawfully own a weapon if you think of all the things trump is and imagine 20 years ago saying this kind of person is one day going to be president of the united states you would never have believed it no this is true so but then i never believed we would have this kind of supreme court either exactly so you, <laughs> you just there's you you predict at your peril you yeah. know what i mean like, you just you can't expect anything because oh do you hear me what's next well, also, coming up on their calendar, they'll be deciding cases, basically, which could result in the limiting of the power of administrative agencies of the federal government. Oh, Jesus. We talked a little bit about this last week with this whole Chevron defense. Yeah, this is another thing where... Well, what it was, the ruling says that basically... Nothing to say. The ruling basically says that they'll defer to the administrative agency's interpretation of the law when applying the law. That's what they were set up for. To administer. And that decision was originally written by Clarence Thomas. Now it's 30, 40 years later, and he's saying, oh no, overrule that decision now. Yeah, he don't like it. Yeah, and now he wants to change it. He changed his mind. So that's going to be coming up soon, too. So that, sh that should be interesting because he's going to argue against Well, one of the things that they're going after is Liz Wharton, uh, Liz, uh, what's her name? The senator from Massachusetts. Uh, uh, oh my God, you put, uh, all of a sudden I'm panicking. Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren, thank you. Her baby, the Christian, the the Consumer Protection Bureau. That is now the is going before the Supreme Court. Well, they want to get rid of all, all uh, regulation at every level and to every degree. Yeah, that's what it basically comes down to. No regulation. No, what they're saying is that Congress has to be specific in the powers that they are giving to these agencies, which is almost impossible to do because Congress cannot anticipate every situation that a federal agency may be presented with. But they know that when they write that as a rule, because you can't promise that. But that's why they delegate the authority to the agency, let the, the agency interpret the law accordingly. Well, not anymore. 
Yeah. It's too regular. That can change, that's for sure. No. Ooh, it's time for cookies. Tommy broke cookies tonight. Yeah, from uh, that place. Ah, that place. The cookie place. The cookie place. It's a good place to get cookies. Wow. <laughs> we now move on to our next segment. Yes, time once again for the Week in Fascism. And this week, woo, it's like when fascists attack each other. For those of you who don't know and have been living in under a rock, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy was ousted by resolution from his position as House Speaker. By his own party. By his own party. Fine. After a motion brought up by Congressman Matt Gates. And this is the first time that a House Speaker has been ousted from his position this way. This has never happened before. By a vote. By a vote. That he lost by eight votes. Yeah, because... No, it wasn't that he... Well, that the eight Republicans... Well, it was that eight Republicans voted for his removal. Right. And the Democrats voted and all for the his Democrats, removal. Democrats, which was expected. Yep. It's chaos. Mm -hmm. Our government is in a state of chaos. But make you wonder what would happen if they had control of the other halves, like the Senate or the presidency. How much more chaos are we going to be facing? That's why you people got to vote. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's the only way to fix it. But I just, I've never seen this happen to a party before. Nobody ever has. It's insanity. But, it's, it's, but, they are literally feeding on themselves. Now yeah. they want to, now they want to get rid of him. The guy from Florida, Matt Gates. Oh yeah. Now, wanna, now a bunch want to get rid of him now. Yeah. The same people that want Trump to be the speaker of the house. Well, that's what I mean. When, they, when, when I hear the news discussing this, they're saying, well, the MAGA extremists in the party voted to oust McCarthy. And it's like, mm, no. The whole party, as far as I'm concerned, is MAGA. That party will support Trump no matter what. If he's the nominee, they will support him. They are complicit. They, yeah, they by, are complicit. By their silence, by you, their... They may have some more radical activist ones like Matt Gates and these other eight congressmen, but they're not alone. You know? No. And, like, by their silence, they are complicit. If they're not standing up and saying, this is not how we do this, this is not how adults do this, this is not how this works, they're complicit. They're, yeah. They're, 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 they're partners in this crime. And that's why I love one of the names being proposed now to replace Kevin McCarthy is Congressman Jim Jordan. He's one of two. Yes. Yeah, I think Steve Scalise is another name that's yeah. coming up. But I saw Jim Jordan, I'm like, oh, yeah, the sex abuse enabler. We're going to put him in charge now. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Why not? I know. The guy who ignored a congressional subpoena. Let's make him House Speaker now. <laughs> oh, well, that this was brought up. Uh, oh, stop it. It's just, it's like water torture. This party, it's just... The, There's no bottom. There's no, no bottom. it's just, it's a free fall. It's a free fall. As long as they all give their allegiance to Trump, this is going to continue. And it's going to get worse. Not only for their party, but for the rest of us, too. We're going to suffer the after effects of this. Well, yeah. The good news is, I would think, that with every move, they expose themselves more and more for what their true intentions are and what they truly uh, are, are looking for. And by the time, it's just a matter of uh, when each person decides they've had enough of this bullshit. I have to believe that that's the way it's going to go. That eventually people are just going to say, no, that's a step too far. But so far, man... There hasn't been a step Jesus. too far. I mean, we've had a former president basically threaten the life of his chief of of his military chief of staff, General Milley, basically threatened his life. Yeah. How and, and he's getting away with it, and the media just reports it like 
any other fucking news. And here comes the weather now. He's he's tweeting on his own social thing about the court clerk while he's in the room. Yeah, and so the judge on his trial had to issue a gag order. No more comments about my court staff. This is like so it's it sounds ridiculous, but he's doing anything he can to tear down the justice system that he's facing. I don't think he well, the fact that he's facing it means that he cares about the justice system. Well, he cares about it because his business now is being threatened. To the extent that it affects his life. Yeah. I mean, he didn't show up for his defamation trials, but he showed up for this trial where his businesses are being threatened. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's just crazy. And then also this week in fascism, it's really more of a warning to people out there. Uh, There was a study conducted, and about two-thirds of the people were given a, uh, I guess of a group study, were given a civics test and couldn't pass it. Well, what what age limit was the civics test? It, 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 it was spanned, you okay. know, to random sampling or whatever. You know the First Amendment, right? Name one of the rights protected by the First Amendment. Free assembly. Very good. Most people answer freedom of speech. No. 77% of people say freedom of speech. It's not the freedom of speech. Most people can't name another freedom protected by the First Amendment. Well... You got the freedom to keep and bear arms is number two. Well, yeah, that's number two. But under the First Amendment, you have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, and freedom of the press, and freedom to petition the government. Right. Most people don't know that. Well, those are your those are your uh, stated freedoms. What do they call it? The the, the stated or they have a word for it. The four freedoms or the five freedoms. No, no, that. no. It's the ones that are pre-written for you. Beyond this, we can't. We, you have no other freedoms beyond these. Because they're written in the thing. Never mind. Okay. Never mind. Also, can you name the three branches of the federal government? Yeah, I can. Okay, what are they? Okay, there is the uh, executive, uh-huh. as represented by the president. Yep. There is the judicial, as represented by you, where you got your courts and your Supreme Court. Yep. And then you got your legislative, which is your Congress, that's your Senate, and your House of Representatives. Very good. You did better than two-thirds of the people in this study. That's just sad. Right? I, mean, I had to get out of high school. You know what I mean? I've been asked this question before. But these are the kind of questions that these people were asked. And you know they, what else people can't pass? A citizen test. Well, that's what it basically is. I mean, these are questions that would be asked on a citizenship test. Yeah. How many people are in the federal government? How many people are in the, the Senate? Uh, um, yeah, how, many, the how many U.S. senators yeah, are yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 100. How many Congress people are there in the House of Representatives? That's a tough question. Uh, that's that's also fluid, but there's like... Yeah, it's because it's <laughs> proportional to populations. So, but there's somewhere around, what is it, 420 in the entire Ooh, very close, 435. 435. But yeah, I mean, it's so... When I hear stories like that, it's like, no wonder people are believing the lies being propagated by Trump and the Republican Party. And they're being called stupid to their face, and they're okay. And they're okay with that. They're okay with that. I think it's because stupid has lost any sense of shame. It used to be the worst thing you could be was stupid. Not anymore. Not anymore. I love the uneducated. This is not the same as Jesus saying. Because they're men of the people. None of them are. They're all freaking millionaires. Well, uh, uh, well, we'll see soon. (laughs) 
Hopefully, Letitia gets everything she wants. Letitia James. Well, yeah, getting Trump banned from business in New York. Stripping the the the, the permits. For, was there because they stripped his permits to work to like conduct business in New York? I think temporarily. I think they put him in receivership, or they have some administrator overlooking his business. There is now. an administrator overlooking it, but but there was a court order that then the next step as a result of the court order, they were the the commissioners who license business license would have withdrawn the approval for all of his business it's okay to do business papers okay okay but that he would have the option of going to a judge and having a stay put on that and i know that the first thing happened yeah but i don't know that he went and got the stay he must have right he must have i don't know I would think, but I don't know. There's so much shit going on. Oh my god, it's hard insanity. to keep track of. It really it's is. Insanity. But that's it for the, our week in fascism. We now move on to our next segment. Yes, it's time for We Like to Watch. And what did you watch this week, Tommy? Um, nothing really special. No. RuPaul? There's RuPaul. Okay. Uh, RuPaul Britain. Ah, and how's that? It's always good. Okay. That's why this is the season five. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's there's been some RuPaul. RuPaul ended the week before in Australia. Okay. Uh, they seem like a fun bunch of fellas. <laughs> The drag queens down there in Sydney and whatnot over there in New Zealand. Cool. Uh, what else? Probably, oh, oh, oh there was some pr- crime procedural that you had mentioned that was on my Netflix continue watching thing. Okay. That I, and I thought, was this what he was? And uh, it was catching killers. Okay. You know, from the... Pr- oh, from the investiga- uh, investigator's point of view. Exactly. Going after the serial killers. There's three seasons of it. I've already seen two. Yeah, that's a good season. That's I a good saw, show, I right? Saw, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like shit. It's like a little that. dry, but it, but it's very straightforward. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that series. Uh, yeah, but I haven't. Uh, not much else. No, we've been watching a, a lot. Believe it or not, last night we watched the season finale of Only Murders in the Building. Okay. Yeah, and the yeah, third yeah. season. People like that show. And they've already set up the fourth season. Okay. And for any Jane Lynch fans out there, if you didn't see. You're not going to be happy. Oh. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> then we also watched on Netflix this four episode documentary called Encounters okay. about people's encounters with UFOs and aliens. And watching this, you'll be convinced. That there's probably signs of alien life that have made themselves present here on the Earth after watching this. I I would believe that sort of automatically. I, I mean, they bring up one story, I forget what it was, in South Africa, where 60 school children saw a UFO land and aliens, but no one would believe them because they were school children. Right, 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 right. Just, and that's just one of the stories. The stories they cover, and some of the, like, they like the, uh, the Air Force footage. Mm-hmm. Of these objects and everything, it's like, they, what are they? It's the height of arrogance to think that we are alone in the universe. Yes. And have not been run from. <laughs> yeah. So. And there was one, there's one good, uh, one of the episodes dealt with the whole Fukushima, the earthquake and the tsunami and the nuclear plant and how people saw these patterns of lights in the area after everything that happened. And there's footage of the lights and the patterns they're moving in and unexplained by how do you, you can't explain it right. any other way you know that hover or move backward 
Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't do things that move fast. Yeah. And these things just like move quickly. They move in these perfect patterns. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it's well worth watching. I definitely recommend it. Even if you're a skeptic, watch it anyway. I'm you not may... such a skeptic here. Cool. I believe that that, that happens. Has happened. No, oh, yeah. Will happen. Definitely. Most definitely. Even Congress now is taking more of an active look into it now. Yeah, well. But God knows how far that will go. And let's not count on the Congress. They have other things to do. Yes, I know. They have, you know, House speakers to overthrow. And... We, we have, <laughs> let NASA do this until you decide that they're not real either. The Earth is flat. NASA's a conspiracy. And once that happens, then, you know. But in the meantime, let NASA do their work. <laughs> Then we watched this short documentary on Netflix called The Saint of Second Chances. That was really, really good about a, basically a rise and fall and rise again story. Okay. Do you, are you familiar with the whole death to disco rally that was held in Comiskey Park? Back in 1979. That's where they burned the records. Yeah. Yeah. And a whole ride ensued, yeah, and yeah, they had to yeah. cancel the second game in a doubleheader. Well, this is a story of a young man who produced that event. Okay. His father owned the baseball team that played in the, in the stadium there. Okay. And so he worked at the stadium. And his, his father believed in making baseball fun for everyone to attend. So they would do all these promotional events all the time. And all this night, entertainment and stuff. Karaoke. Yeah. Made lots of money doing it that way. So then is they had a disco night there. They actually had a night celebrating disco there. So then they figured, well, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Right. Let's have the death to disco. It, it turned out to be a disaster. They actually lost money. His father basically ended up selling the baseball team. His son then went to like a deep depression, disappeared. Then he became involved in like, like this independent minor league baseball uh, league and started buying up teams. And one of the teams that he was running and operating, Daryl Strawberry played for a year oh. after he was let go from the Mets because of all his problems going on. And they interviewed Strawberry for this documentary. Hmm. And what this guy did, and he tried to recreate the fun and excitement that his father did, but now he's doing it at these minor leagues. And at one point he worked, he got hired back into the major leagues, he did one event, became another disaster. <laughs> and he went back and he made more of a success and became very happy working in the minor leagues. Okay, good for him. Yeah, so that was a really feel-good documentary, I like that. A feel-good documentary. Yeah, that was excellent. So few. Yeah, then we watched a not-so-feel-good documentary called Ordinary Men, The Forgotten Holocaust on Netflix. Okay, and who was this about? This was about, in World War II, all these German men who did not really want to serve in the German army, so they enlisted to serve as police officers that would work in the occupied countries. Okay. But... Later on, some of these police units got orders where they had to massacre Jewish men, women, and children. And basically, I shoot them point blank, hundreds at a time, hours all day long. And what I you learn from this is, all these units, they were told by their commanders, if anyone is uncomfortable with doing this, say so now and you'll be given other duties. And a few did step away. They were given a choice. Right. Most of them stayed. They were afraid to step out, the social pressure. Even the ones who did step out were ostracized later on by the fellow soldiers. But a lot of these men, and these were ordinary, like, merchants, ordinary middle-class people who were serving in these spots. Okay. And they, most of them chose to stay in these units and commit these atrocities. All right. It was, this is a documentary about that? Yeah. Sounds thrilling. <laughs> 
Well, I wouldn't say it was uplifting, but it was very informative. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it really was. And then lastly, we watched a bad movie last night on Amazon Prime called The Sixth Secret. What were the first five? Well, the movie's about... All these people gather at this psychic medium's mansion, which is supposedly haunted for a seance, and she's very exclusive and everything. Wasn't Nicole Kidman in this? No. There were no, at least no known name actors that I recognized. And then later on, I was reading about it. The movie was made in Estonia. Okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, that explains a lot. This movie just goes off in these too many twists and turns, and the production sucks. The makeup looks awful. There's one scene, you have these two guys sitting in a car with the light on them, and you can see the makeup on their face, but their necks aren't done. Yeah. It looks awful. They have these cheesy special effects. I mean, something from like an 1980s movie they were using for special effects. People are in accents or accents all over the place in this movie, and that sounds you like can't recognize fun. them. It was okay, but it just got... The best parts of the movie were the first one or two minutes of the movie, and then the post credit scene. Okay. That was the best part of this whole movie. <laughs> that was it. All right. <laughs> so that was our viewing from the week. And I'm so glad I'm caught up now. Aren't you now? Now you know what to watch and what not to watch. I'm going to watch whatever the hell I want to watch. <laughs> Kel Supreme. Whatever the fuck you say. <laughs> What's next? Now move on to our next segment. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Yes, it's time for stupid people. Always time for stupid people. And I had a hard time... Trying to settle on one. Because first I was going to say Matt Gates, What an asshole. But I don't know. I think from his perspective, he, he he did the right thing from a political perspective. For, for Matt Gates. Yeah. So he may not have been so stupid. Kevin McCarthy, I had thought of also. Because he's the most spineless, feckless speaker of the house we ever had. He did this to himself, which I thought was pretty stupid. But it wasn't my number one candidate for stupid people this week. My number one candidate were Trump's attorneys. All right, what they say? It's what they didn't do. Their trial right now in New York City, New York City. is before a judge. Yes, it is. He is deciding. He already decided the issue of liability on one of the claims. Yeah. So now he has to decide the issue of the other issues of liability and this, then decide on what the, damages the there fines, are. Right. Ordinarily, we request oh, a jury trial. That. Yeah. Their attorneys forgot to check off the box for a jury trial. Well, so now, they're now stuck with one person, a judge, who knows the law inside and out ruling on this, instead of six people on a jury, of which you need a majority, not a unanimous verdict, to find you liable on any of the charges. But there'll be two Trumps on it anyway, on the jury, two that are going to vote for him anyway. Well, now he has he doesn't even have that option yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He blew that option. I don't know how much I believe about the idea that a lawyer forgot to file the request. It just seems like there are too many eyes looking at everything between the lawyers and their assistants and their paralegals and their secretaries and their, that everybody's, there's so many eyes seeing this that, um. I've seen attorney, I've seen attorneys make dumb mistakes too. And I, this was a really dumb one. This is, a, that's grounds for malpractice as long as I'm concerned. I don't know. Uh, well, he's stuck with what he's got. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, Trump's attorneys, this week, my nominees. Stupid! You're so stupid! Yeah. yeah. Yes, you is. I was shocked when I found out it was going to be just a bench trial. Right? 
I couldn't believe that. Why would he? Why? Why would he consent to that? He wouldn't. He never would have consented to that. Yeah, He'd yeah. be putting on his show. Yeah, you know, he's putting on a show now yeah. as it is. Unreal. Julie Andrews, take us away. Raindrops on roses, whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. Yes, it's time once again for Five Faves. And this week for Five Faves, I took a very random topic, I thought. But one I thought because they don't really have these type of characters in movies and films that much anymore. Unless it's a serious topic and because they're being treated for a disease. An ABC after school special. Right. So for Five Faves this week, we chose our five favorite Fictional drunks or alcoholic characters. Arthur Bach. Arthur Bach is number one on my list, too. <laughs> the funniest of all the drunken characters I've ever seen. Arthur Bach, yep. And we're talking about the original Arthur yeah, Bach, yeah. played by Dudley Moore in the film Arthur. Not that horrible remake with Russell, what's his name, yeah. the guy being accused of sexual assault or rape over in Britain now. That's offensive. That yeah. movie is offensive. I, had, I haven't even seen it. I couldn't. I haven't seen it either. It's I was offensive. like, why? It's a waste of space. Yeah. No. Nothing like the original Arthur. Movie. Better you should see Arthur 2 than you see the remake of Arthur. Yeah, right? Exactly. And Arthur 2 is no joke. And Arthur 2 is terrible. That's yeah. terrible also. Yeah. But uh, the original Arthur, Dudley Moore, John Gilgood, Liza... Fantastic yeah. comedy. Yep. It yep. really is from beginning to end. And a great happy drunk. Yes, he does. He makes a great happy drunk. <laughs> You're a hooker? I thought I was just getting lucky. <laughs> they recently had the entire country recarpeted. <laughs> this my friend Allison, if you start this my friend Allison and I will go on and uh we It's such a great quotable movie. Yeah, and, and we are we are Shall the, I wash your dick for you too, sir? The most annoying people <laughs> to watch that movie with. Oh my god. All right, so Arthur Bogat's our both of our first choices. Okay. Who's your number two choice? Um Karen Walker. Karen Walker. I totally left her off my list. I can't believe I totally blanked on her. Karen Walker from Will and Grace. Karen Walker is number two. Yes, a great alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. A master. Yes, she is. A true master. A true master. Without a doubt. Good choice. Thank you. My number two, I had to reach back about, uh, probably about 70, 80 years now. From the film The Thin Man, Nick and Nora Charles. Oh, oh that's a good one. That be, I, I've watched the whole series of The Thin Man films. But in the first one, those two knocked back drinks like you stop. wouldn't believe. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe how much they drank in this movie. Yeah. And they smoked. They drank, they smoked, yeah. and smoked oh inside. my God. Right. I was amazed by that. Every now and again, I get uh, something crosses on my visual timeline that I just forgot about. Okay. McDonald's foil ashtrays. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I, I saw it and I said, oh, my God. I know exactly what I've held them. I've used them. I've, uh, But I, if you had asked me about them, I would have told you I don't know what you're talking about. Nick and Nora Charles. Yeah. That's a good one. Thank you. Okay. Who's your number three choice? Hold on. I have to remember because they came in a specific order. Um, 
Oh, Patsy, Patsy Stone. Uh, I had Patsy and Eddie from Absolutely Fabulous. Yeah, yeah, Patsy Stone. Oh, they're great together. Mm-hmm. They really are. But Patsy really knocks it back. Yeah, oh, God. Right? Oh, my God. The vodka. Stole your body. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. Who's your number four choice, then? Um, number four was Vera Charles. Vera Charles from Maine. From Maine. Or anti-Maine, depending yeah. on if you're going with the play or the musical. Vera Charles. Vera Charles. Yep. Who played her in the original film with Rosalind Russell? I don't remember. I can't remember her name now. It wasn't Beatrice. No, it wasn't B. Arthur. She did the musical. Yeah. Um, oh, well. But great portrayal. She has that great, um, you know, that great moment where she meets the boy and she just says yes and she lays back with a with a martini glass and the ma- the male chorus lifts her like a board and holds her overhead and she just holds the glass up and that's her exit <laughs> you know yeah so yeah good choice good okay. choice my fourth choice sir john Falstaff from the shakespeare plays okay he appears in three of them he's a great character he's a witty drunk a witty drunk witty comical drunk it's like author yes but in elizabethan times yeah. <laughs> elizabethan author yes the elizabethan author so it would be author um number five number five I had a couple of different options. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to go with Joanne from Company. <laughs> I like that choice. Yeah. That's a good choice. She's got a great song. Yes, she does. The Ladies Who Lunch. Yeah, and she's clearly... Inebriated. Well, well-oiled. Well-oiled, yeah. indeed. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to go with Joanne. Oh, wow. Good answer. For my fifth and final choice, I went back to my childhood. Probably to the first drunk character that I was really exposed to. And that was on the TV comedy F Troop. They had oh. Charlie the Town Drunk, who, was... I, who I most remember for every time that he came out of the bar would do some somersault over the horse rail. Okay. <laughs> there, was a, there was a town drunk in Andy Griffith, too. Otis. He used to let himself out? Yep, yeah. That yeah. was Otis. That was Otis. But I always liked Charlie. He was my first true drunk character. Okay. So I had to have him on the list. All right, so you're doing okay. Yeah. So that's my five phase. That's your five phase. That was the fast one. Yes, it was. That was easy. That was a lob. I know. All right, well, it was your first night back. It you know, was, I wanted to ease you back lob. in. I didn't want to have to have you strain yourself. Go on vacation. Go ahead. One week is your fault. And there's going to be another week coming soon. Yes, I know. Now move on to our next segment. Get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn now. Yes, it's time for the grumpy old game and gripe of the week. What do you have for us this week, Thomas? I... Um... See, my real gripe is a little... Um... I'm going to say this. Learn your lines. <laughs> That's your gripe. Learn your lines. That's my gripe. Okay. Should I explore this topic any further? I wish you wouldn't. No, because I already know what it's about. So but... so let it just be what it is. I'll just let it lay there and simmer. It's uh, we can we can make it a little more general if you want to talk about um you no. could say learn Let's your just lines. Leave it there. You could just it. say learn your lines and don't bump into the furniture. Yeah. <laughs> I can move the furniture. Attributed to Spencer Tracy. <laughs> 
All right, so what's yours? I don't have one this week, believe it or not. I you really were watching don't. too much fucking television. I know, right? Didn't go anywhere. I was home watching TV How all week. How long is that segment going to be, for fuck's sake? I'm sorry. I know, I know. But I really, you know, I'm just, this is my first week off from doing a play for like the first time in like nine months. You know, I'm busy working again, which is a good thing. Uh, so yeah. And I basically have a month off to like get back in theater again. Okay. I start rehearsals for the next project, uh, which I'm directing. Okay. So, yeah, no, I'm enjoying my day, enjoying my week. That's very annoying, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry to have disappointed you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's even more annoying than... No, it's not. Go ahead. Okay. This now brings us to the conclusion of this week's show. Isn't it like Thursday already? No, not quite. Not quite, but we're getting there. All right. But I want to thank my husband, Stephen, and our producer, Stephen, for the delicious dinner he served beforehand. It was every comfort food imaginable. Yes, it was. It was delicious. And I want to thank Tommy for bringing the cookies. They were quite good, too. You're welcome. And we were to remind you, you can find all of our episodes, plus our bonus material, at www.grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com. And also, you can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. And don't forget, you can come see Tommy Behind the Bar at Manor Studio Theater for the next two weekends for his production that he directed of Whose Wife Is It Anyway? No, there's no answer to that question either. What? Whose Wife Is It Anyway? No, it's never answered? No, it's never answered. There's one wife. Okay. Who we don't meet until Act 2. Okay. And then there's, uh, we, we need a wife. Okay. We need to convince some that this is the wife. Okay. And but there's it's never in whose wife is it anyway. This it has it has nothing to do with what happens. Okay. It's just a time. Run for your wife had something to do with what happened. Yes, it does. But this one is probably just playing on a known title like whose life is it anyway. It's probably probably. It's, it's like, much, oh, let's play on that. Are, it's catchy. These are much more recent than I would have thought. Really? These. This one won an Olivier Award recently. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um. What's his name? Ra- uh, Ray Cooney. I'm not familiar with the name. Yeah. Uh, he well, he's written the last three. Okay. But yeah, evidently he's um he's quite highly respected in England as a farcical playwright. Yeah. Huh? They think he's funny over there. Cool. Glad they think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a little twisted, though. This this one is. Oh, twisted. Okay, I look forward to seeing it. Yeah. And that's at the Manus Studio Theater on Wellwood Avenue in Lindenhurst. And I think that's it. I think we covered everything. Okay, I'm not going to extend it any longer. Okay. okay. So on that note, we'll say have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next time. Bye, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>